0: The problem that we see in society today is that we're so stressed out all the time, and it goes back to this little device. (laughs) Totally.
1: Are you struggling with bloating, gas, constipation, and fatigue, but don't know what's causing these problems? The Gut Health Reset Podcast with Dr. Anne-Marie Barter dives deep into the root causes behind these issues that start in the gut. This podcast will give you the knowledge you need to heal your gut and reset your health. Thank you so much for joining us here today. I'm your host, Dr. Anne Marie Barter, and today we are covering vision problems. And you might not think that this is correlated with your gut health and your diet, but it is. We're going to discuss the root cause of your dry eyes, red eyes, puffy eyes, and what is actually at the root cause of your vision problems and how to prevent them. Why using eye drops is actually making your red and dry eyes worse. Instead, we're going to focus on fixing that gut issue and cleaning up your diet to rehydrate your eyes. You are going to walk away with usable tips and tricks today for your vision health. I have a very special guest on today. His name is Dr. Travis Ziegler, and he is a dry eye expert. He is the founder of iLove, whose mission is to heal 1 million dry eyes suffered naturally. Dr. Travis and his wife, Dr. Jana Ziegel, use the profits from I Love to fund free, low-cost clinics in Jamaica and in the U.S. They also started a charity called I Love Cares Foundation, which provides glasses, exams, and sunglasses for those in need, free education, and scholarships for students that align with their mission. Previously, he had his own optometry practice, which was sold in 2017 to focus on their online efforts. Thank you, Dr. Travis Ziegler, for being with us here today. I'm super excited to have you on the podcast. I have so many questions for you today. So, well,
0: thanks, thanks for, for having me. me. I'm excited to be here.
1: Yeah, awesome. <laughs> so, um, I want to know you're very passionate about vision and you've started a charity and so what made you so passionate about vision in the first place?
0: So back in 2007 I was actually a student in optometry school. It was my second year and my wife was a first year optometry student and we actually went to Ecuador and um, I guess we were already in optometry school but I, I, I entered optometry school because my parents said I always wanted to do health and they're just like, why don't you just go into optometry? And I said, okay. So I did it and um, didn't really think anything of it. But in my second year, I went down to Ecuador for a mission trip. And in that mission trip was when I fell in love with the mission work side of vision. And there's a billion people that are blind just due to lack of glasses. And what we were doing, that's 1 billion with a B. But what we were doing out in Ecuador is we were going to these rural areas that don't have access to eye care. They don't have access to glasses and a simple pair of reading glasses that you and I can go buy off the shelf in a store. We were putting them on these individuals, and it was changing their lives. They were in tears. They were dropping to the ground. They were hugging us. They were crying, and all for a simple pair of reading glasses. And it's because they don't have access to this, and they think they're going blind. And so whenever you do that, and I invite any of your listeners to come on a mission trip with us because it's a blast, and it will humble you beyond anything else. But when you put a pair of glasses on somebody for the first time, that has never been able to see or that hasn't seen in the last 30 years because they lost their ability to read which happens to us all then your life will be forever changed and so that kind of hit me hit me right in the heart and I knew that this is what I wanted to to focus my the rest of my life on and then you know my career side of things cuz we go on about three mission trips a year and the career side of things dry eye happened just because we saw the impact that we could make on people here at home And we also do mission work here at home too, but dry eye is one of those debilitating conditions that affects 40 million Americans today. And we really saw the ability that we had to reach a large audience and be able to help them without the typical approaches that Western medicine has that we did in practice. So those were kind of the two things that led me on this is that first mission trip was like number one, and then helping my first dry eye patient. Get rid of their dry eye symptoms was number two, and so that's kind of led me on my life path. And I love—I wake up every day loving what I do.
1: Awesome, that's a pretty inspiring story. I mean, to make a difference, to to feel passion about what you're doing every day—it gives you that drive to get up in the morning. I think that's very, very important. So um, now I'm gonna—you uh, made me um, fishtail into two other questions. So why? are we having so many vision problems?
0: Yeah, that, that's a great question. And it's a, it's actually a pretty simple answer. And it's because we're on our phones every day. It's because all day, every day, I should say, um, and we're on our computers. And you know, we're evolutionary evolutionarily made, I can't even say that word, but we're made to be outside. We're made to be hunter-gatherers. We're made to be in community. We're made to talk. We're not meant to be on our phones. We're not meant to be on a computer all day. But that evolved so fast that that our genetics didn't have time to catch up. And so being on our computer all the time, it's proven that it actually leads to more nearsightedness. And so there's lots of studies that are out there with children. And if you look at something like China and Japan, they have about a 70% nearsighted rate. And that's because they're on the computer more than we are. In America, I think it was around 30% 20 years ago. And now it's hovering around 40 to 50% now. And so you can just see that increase happening and there are other studies that are the opposite of that, are kind of. The, those studies are the more time that a child spends outside playing, the less likely they are to be nearsighted. And so just being up close and, and the reason we think that's happening is because when we're reading and we're on our computer, our eyes are focusing. So that's kind of a, a quick answer to, to that, that question. Does that make sense?
1: Mm -hmm. It does. So is it, you know, I think we've talked about um, just real quick, the the blue light on the phone at between, you know, being very close. And is it also related to the blue light that we're being exposed to?
0: So we don't have any studies that show blue light is affecting like nearsightedness and glasses need, but blue light is killing us slowly. And the reason that is, is blue light's natural. It's healthy. The sun is the most abundant source of blue light. So the sun comes up Blue lights all over, the sky is blue, that's blue light. And what that's telling us is it's telling our bodies to wake up. And we have serotonin that's produced, our bodies wake up. That's why I always recommend before 10 AM, try to get 10 to 15 minutes of sunshine. Great for vitamin D levels, great for serotonin levels. It's gonna make you feel better. And so then what happens is the sun goes down, then serotonin gets converted to melatonin and melatonin, as we all know, is the sleep hormone. And so it helps us go to sleep faster. The problem is after the sun goes down, what do we all do? We turn on our TVs, we get on our computers, we get on our phones. Those all have blue light, even though it's not even close to the blue light caused by the sun, it's still enough blue light to disrupt our sleep. And so when we're on our phones, we're constantly exposed to blue light, melatonin is not being produced. Therefore, we're not getting to our deep and restful REM sleep and our deep sleep, which is good for our mind and our body. And so if we're not getting that, we're waking up sluggish and we're just kind of zombieing through life because we're never getting that deep restful sleep. And so what I recommend to all your listeners and what I challenge all your listeners is the bedroom is for sleep and sex only. Get rid of every device that you have in your bedroom. Your phones should not be on your bedstand. Your phone should be at least 30 feet away on airplane mode. And then another hack for your viewers, they, they're gonna be able to see this, but everybody else might not be able to is, Make your phone black and white. I always have my phone in black and white, so there's no blue light ever coming out of it. And it makes my phone boring, so I'm not on it all the time. It actually literally makes my phone boring. And it makes me think about every action I'm gonna take on it. But to go back to the the challenge, if you take your phone 30 feet away at least, we have ours in our bathroom, in our master bath. We have it on airplane mode and never check it in the middle of the night. Because what's happening is people have their phones on their, their, their nightstands, it goes off in the middle of the night, they check it, blue light exposure, melatonin decreases, and therefore you're not going to be able to get into that deep restful REM and deep sleep. So my challenge to your listeners, again, turn off the TVs, computers, phones for one week and do it an hour before you go to bed and read a paperback book. I know it sounds incredibly exciting, but reading is fun. You just have to find the right books. So that's what me and my wife do. We, we put on our blue light blocking glasses. So we have 95% blue light blockers. And they're the orange lenses for those that can't see the video, but they're, they're orange lenses. They block all blue light, even from the ambient lights around us. We put those on at seven, we go to bed at eight and then we read from eight to nine. And then we go to sleep at nine, wake up at five the next morning. But I wear a Garmin match to monitor my sleep. And I always get enough deep restful sleep every single night that it recharges my battery. And I know that when I work late, I do not completely recharge my, my, my Quote unquote, body battery, which the garmin watch actually detects. And so find if you if you have a sleep monitor, do different things to kind of hack it and see what actually works for you. You'd be surprised by things like alcohol will disrupt your sleep. The phone disrupts your sleep like we just talked about. Little things disrupt your sleep, and other things enhance your sleep. And so when you have a monitor, you can kind of play with it. But blue light's killing us. it's it's killing our sleep, and that's causing more inflammation in our body, and that's causing more, eye health issues, and just systemic issues as well.
1: And you also made a comment about dry eyes as a, as a chronic problem as well, and that that was something you were pretty passionate about. What is also, what's causing dry eyes, and, and you know how do we combat that?
0: So the unfortunate thing with dry eyes right now is, and the unfortunate thing with the healthcare system right now, I'm a Western medicine trained doctor, so don't attack me until you hear everything and just know that this is how I'm trained is pharmaceutical companies make a lot of money and they have medications for every disease. But the problem with the medications is it treats a symptom but it causes a slew of other symptoms, which we then give another medication for those symptoms. And it's just a never ending cycle. And so the same thing applies to dry eye. We're giving, we're given this drops to prescribe things like Restasis and Zydra, and they just cover up inflammation If they even work steroids, just cover up inflammation. They, those do work. They do help. So dry eye is an inflammation of the eyes. It's there's more to it than that, but that's just kind of the basic definition. And so what my wife and I decided, like, what if we just started treating dry eye as a symptom to an overall systemic inflammation of the body? And we started just treating dry eye in a more holistic functional method. We, we tell people to, you know, The the easiest way to deal with it is replace your breakfast with a green smoothie, drink more water, learn some stress techniques, learn to sleep better like we just talked about. This is a very simplified version of a whole course we have. But those are some basic steps. But another thing, a key element to dry eye care is taking care of your eyelids. Your eyelids are vitally important for your eye health. And the reason that is, is because every time you blink, our eyelids have meibomian glands, oil glands, that there's 31 on top, 31 on bottom. And every time we blink, these oil glands secrete oil onto our eye. They push out oil onto the eye. That makes the eye moisturized, lubricated and comfortable. And it also makes your vision better. And so what happens is if you don't take care of your eyelids, these glands are going to become clogged. They're going to become irritated and they're going to actually die off. And if we don't have that oil, our vision's going to be blurry. Our eyes are going to be dry. And so eyelid hygiene is so critical and I'll go over like our entire eyelid hygiene routine, but I'm going to go over a simple one that everybody should be doing. So when I have a dry, eye sufferer in my chair, I usually prescribe to them, eyelid wipes. So we have, we have these products in our, in our store, but we do an eyelid wipe first and then we wash our face with a natural face wash. We try to get rid of chemicals, try to get rid of preservatives. And then we have an eyelid cleanser that you just spray on and you leave it on. And what that's doing is it's decreasing the bacteria load on our eyelids. And when we have that bacteria that's increased on our eyelids, it actually causes a condition called blepharitis, which is inflammation of the eyelids. That inflammation of the eyelids causes the oil glands to be disrupted, which then decreases the oil. Does that all make sense so far? Mm
1: -hmm, Definitely. Okay.
0: So everybody, everybody, everybody should be doing one simple step for eyelid hygiene. And dentists have been harping on you for ages to brush your teeth twice a day. But why do you brush your teeth twice a day?
1: Oh, maintenance, to prevent cavities, to prevent infections, to prevent bad breath, and prevent bacteria.
0: Bacteria, so that's, that's, that's what I was getting at. So um, you brush your teeth twice a day to reduce the amount of bacteria in your mouth. The bacteria, if built up over time, causes cavities. Cavities are bad, that's when we have to get them filled. The same thing happens on your eyelids bacteria live on your eyelids bacteria builds up over time if it builds up too much it causes blepharitis inflammation redness irritation dryness and then that causes disruption to the oil glands which then means no more oil onto your eye and then that means your eyes are going to become uncomfortable so we have an eyelid hygiene product that's very simple to use after you wash your face at night you just take it and you spray it on that's it and after you spray it on you just leave it on you don't have to wash it off or anything And what this does is it's actually, it's called hypochlorous acid. And hypochlorous acid is a natural part of your immune system. Your immune cells actually spit hypochlorous acid onto bacteria and viruses to kill it, and then it engulfs it. And so you're just helping, you're complementing your immune system to help battle that blepharitis, to help battle those eyelid problems. And so eyelid hygiene is one of the biggest things. And if you don't wanna buy hypochlorous acid, you don't need to, you can just wash your face and make sure you're really scrubbing that eyelid area. Just making sure you're keeping that clean. So just hygiene is such a big part. So that's where a lot of people, they just don't know about it. And so that's why we come out with our product. That's why I appear on podcasts because I'm trying to get the word out there that we need to start taking care of our eyelids now because we're seeing dry eye in younger and younger patients. And it's a, a twofold thing. Hygiene is just one part of it, but phones is another. We're not blinking as much when we're on phones. And so there, we go back to the phones causing more problems. So that's kind of the, the overall big picture of dry eye. And then we can dive into anything that, that you'd like to as well.
1: So do you think also um, gut health, is there any effect on gut and dry eye at all?
0: 100% yes. Let's and hear it. So, yeah. So gut health, a lot of people don't realize it, but the skin is the biggest organ of your body and the skin repels things from the outer environment. There's so many toxins in our outer environment. Well, the gut does the same thing to your inner body. And so the gut is its own barrier and the gut keeps things from entering into our body that shouldn't be there. The problem is we all eat like crap now. And when we eat like, when we eat terribly, what happens is it's like getting cuts on your skin. So imagine getting a bunch of little tiny scratches on your skin, bacteria and viruses can all enter your skin now and cause infection. Same thing is happening with your gut. And this is happening with most people, including myself, is we're getting these tiny little cuts in our, in our gut in our intestines, in our stomach, everywhere. And when we have those little breaks in the skin or in the gut, food and things that are not supposed to go in are going into our body. And when that happens, it causes inflammation and inflammation in our body appears as eczema, it appears as arthritis, it appears as headaches, fatigue, brain fog, and of course, dry eye. And so a lot of people, that's one of the biggest questions I get in our community, because that's like one of the first things that we talk about is we need to get your gut right and that what what does my gut have to do with dry eye it has everything to do with dry eye and we can take it a step further too and just talk about a little bit about diet the oils that you put inside your your body as well are incredibly are incredibly important for dry eye because remember we talked about the oil glands in our eyelids you need to eat healthy oils organic olive oil organic coconut oil organic avocado oil those are all great oils that when you put good oils into your body it's going to create better oils coming out. And so what we see a lot with people that are on like the Western American diet, it, like with fast foods and just eating like crap is we see a toothpaste, like oil coming out of their glands. And it's just, it's, it's disgusting quite honestly. And it just doesn't work. And what we want to see is like an olive oil consistency coming out of those my glands. So gut health is vitally important for this. So, In week one of our dry eye bootcamp challenge, we have an eight-week program. It's free. It's called the dry eye bootcamp challenge. And in week one, we talk about replacing your breakfast with a green smoothie. And the reason we do that is because we don't want to tell you to eliminate stuff, but when you replace something, it's easier to do. And so a green smoothie is going to just cause a lot more healthy gut biome, and it's going to heal your gut, which is going to heal your inflammation, which is going to decrease your dry eye. So the problem with breakfast foods is they're all inflammatory, waffles, pancakes, bagels, cereal, sausage, bacon, it's all inflammation. And so when we replace it with something that's anti-inflammatory or plant-based and detoxes your body, it makes a huge difference. That's a huge swing that you can create with your first meal of the day. Does that make sense?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's... uh been fascinating. Um, some of the eye doctors around the area have been able to diagnose conditions where patients have struggled for a long period of time. So um, one of my questions is, um, how does adrenal health or adrenal disease, how does that affect the eye?
0: I am not an adrenal fatigue expert, but that's okay. it's all... <laughs> it's all connected. And so our hormones, our thyroid, everything, our adrenals, they're all connected. And so if we have one system that's off, mainly our gut, that totally. seems to be the problem. So like, I, I'm a health freak. I'm a biohacker by myself, by you know, claimed.
1: And <laughs> I try
0: to adjust every single thing. And I see a functional medicine doctor more than I probably should every year. And we draw my blood, we try different supplements, and we're always trying to tweak things. And my thyroid, I have Hashimoto's thyroiditis and I have adrenal fatigue. And the funny thing is, like, I, the funny thing is, I just got off this phone call before this podcast, and we were looking at everything. And, you know, he's like, you have this, you have that, you have that. And it was nothing new to me. And then he said, this all goes back to one thing your gut. And we need to heal your gut even more. And this is somebody that I'm a vegetarian. I don't eat any gluten. I don't eat any wheat because it causes a lot of problems with me. I don't eat any dairy. The only thing I eat is eggs occasionally. I'll eat meat once every one to two weeks, but I'm mostly vegetarian. And even with that diet, I still have gut problems. I take probiotics. And what's happening is my gut's causing inflammation in the body, which is causing my thyroid antibodies to be increased, which is Hashimoto's, which is then throwing off my T3 and T4, which is your thyroid hormone, which is then throwing off my adrenal, which is like your cortisol and your stress hormones. And so everything is just getting thrown off as a result of my gut.
1: Someone asked me the other day about gut issues and what next steps they should take. And I realized taking the next step and realizing what's going on with your body can be stressful and complicated if you don't have the right information. So I've decided to create a gut health webinar in a digestible format so you can walk away with practical tips to transform your health. You can watch it right now at dranmariebarter.com. This gut health webinar will walk you through one, two, and three so you can solve the issue. The best part is, It's totally free. So go ahead and watch and download the gut health webinar at dranmariebarter.com.
0: And so going back to adrenals a little bit, the problem that we see in society today is that we're so stressed out all the time. And it goes back to this little device.
1: Totally. Absolutely. (laughs) Always
0: being connected. And people need to take control of their phone instead of the other way around. So how I do that, and there are times that I get addicted to my phone, I am not perfect by any means. We talked about it earlier, that my phone does not stay near my bed and it's on airplane mode from 7 p.m. until I get up at 5 a.m. And the reason I do that is because I wanna be in control. I don't wanna be on my phone the whole time looking at just mindless things. When I do have my phone on, it's in black and white mode and I never have a ringer or a vibration on because I want to be in control of my phone because I don't want to be checking it every time it buzzes because it buzzes count how many times your phone buzzes per day. And if you have a chance, turn off all the notifications from all your apps. Cause you can do that really easily. And so I have all the notifications turned off and I have it on silent all the time and I don't mean buzz, I mean silent. And that way, because when I'm working, I don't want to get interrupted but I want to be in control. And then I can check it when I need to check it, or I want to check it. And so stress plays such a crucial role with your adrenals. And what's happening is we're stressed out all the time, just all the time. And it's causing this cortisol level to increase. And that increased cortisol levels causing inflammation. Cortisol is a good thing. Adrenals are a good thing, but when it's chronically stressed and chronically putting out its fight or flight hormone, because we're on the go all the time and we're constantly responding to everything and we think everything's a fire, then inflammation occurs as a result. And then we get more inflammation in the body. It causes more dry eye, causes more health problems, causes more dry eye issues. So does that make sense?
1: Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I think gut, adrenal, thyroid, you know, that access is so affected, I think, by everything. I mean, it a lot. I think, in my opinion, comes back to the gut. I run tons, hundreds of gut tests. And it's just, even if someone's not having gut symptoms, but they've got a Hashimoto's diagnosis. I have, I didn't know why, but I've arbitrarily treated these things or not arbitrarily, but treated these things. And then suddenly they're like, my, my dry eyes are better. (laughs) And, you know, and I don't know. I don't know anything, you know, I've never really dug into eyes, but it's so fascinating to hear how, and and my theory was it was inflammation and that, you know, now you're validating that, but I didn't, I didn't have literature backup to say, oh, this H. pylori infection (laughs) is associated or your bad diet, but yeah, you do see the inflammation drop. And is there anything that, is more specific associated with Hashimoto's with dry eyes, or is it all what we've talked about?
0: Yeah, it's essentially what we talked about. It's just, you know, with, with Hashimoto's, it's your body attacking itself. And so it's just a matter of figuring out what's causing it. And I did a great job of figuring out what caused mine. And honestly, the most common cause, the most common two causes is wheat and gluten and dairy. Those are the most two common causes of Hashimoto's. And most of the time when patients just eliminate that, it eliminates their, their Hashimoto's sometimes in, in some cases. And then everything else resolves as well, because then we get our hormones back in check. So dry eye, the most the, the ones that we treat the most in in our online space is postmenopausal females. And it's because their hormones are all out of balance. And so getting their diet back in check really helps balance those postmenopausal hormones. And that really helps with hot flashes. It helps out with weight gain. It helps out with dry eyes, dry mouth, dry everything else.
1: Yeah, exactly, so, which nobody likes to talk about, which is dry vagina.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> very, important, I, very important,
1: very important.
0: There's a great doctor out there that that does that and her name's Dr. Anna Kabeca, so mm-hmm. follow her if you're in that category.
1: She's been on, she's totally on. She's been, been
0: on, on, so you know yeah.
1: her. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I know, we're, Anna. <laughs> we're, we're great
0: friends as dry eye, dry vagina, very mm-hmm. similar. And it's we're, we're treating the same person in the same thing. But going back to the thyroid question, So when your hormones are out of check, usually you can fix it just by those two, gluten and dairy, which are hard to give up. But after you do it, it's not hard to stay off of them. It's very easy to stay off of them. But in my case, that wasn't enough. And so now we're exploring more in the gut. And I've had Hashimoto's since 1999. So I've had it for 22 years. I was, I think, 13 when I got diagnosed or something like that. That doesn't seem right, but that was a long time ago. You
1: were a pioneer of this, you know, (laughs) because they didn't know much about it then.
0: No. And so I know that growing up though, I had a lot of gluten and my aunt and uncle had a dairy farm. So I had a lot of dairy. And so I know that's probably what caused it because I also had arthritis in high school and in college, and I could never figure out what caused it. And it was gluten and dairy. It's very common. And once we get that thyroid under control, usually the dry eye symptoms, if it's from the thyroid problems, then it usually tends to go down too.
1: Yeah. Great, great insight on that. So, you know, and, and the common treatment is just eye drops. And the same thing, um, I'm assuming that the same thing relates for red eyes.
0: Yep. What, so red what's eyes, common?
1: Uh, you know, not enough sleep, for sure, lack of sleep or lack of good sleep, but I'd like to hear the rest of what you think is contributing.
0: Yeah, red eyes, same thing. It's, it, it's inflammation. It's just inflammation over and over. Now, there are red eyes from like viruses and bacteria and things like that. But the typical red eye When a patient comes to me, my eyes are always red. Everybody asks me if I'm always stoned and I can't get enough of, I can't, I can't take enough eye drops. So number one, by clear eyes, the most commonly used drops on the market. Those two drops actually make your red eyes worse. It's a temporary fix. Number one, but what it's made to do is it's made to just shrink those blood vessels, but the problem is a rebound reaction. So they actually rebound worse. And so you're not getting to the source of the problem. You're just fixing it temporarily. So I always recommend that if you're going to use something like that, use a new drop called Lumify. It's a little better, not much, but a little better. Lumify gets the red out, but we're still not fixing the problem. But Lumify is great if you have like a wedding or a photography session or a meeting, put it in before you go in, just so you look a little more professional and don't look. you don't get asked why you look stoned. Um, very common. And so Lumify is that drop But to go back to fixing the problem fixing the problem is inflammation so it's most likely caused from inflammation and we just got to figure out what's causing the inflammation lower that inflammation down and then the red eye will go away but you have to realize that your inflammation didn't come on overnight it didn't come on over the last couple months it came off over years of of you know poor diet choices lack of exercise not not hydrating and so your cells turn over anywhere from, you know, a couple of days to 6 months to a year depending on what part of your body you're in. Your eyes turn over really fast, but what happens is you're rebuilding a whole city. You're rebuilding your whole body. And so it's going to take 6 months to a year to 2 years to really fully heal. So everybody wants that quick fix, and that's the unfortunate side of medications is it sometimes provides that quick fix, but it's not fixing the overall problem. And so you need to get to the overall source the inflammation decrease that and use lumify on the side when you need to
1: <laughs> i'm just going to nail this point home what about <laughs> puffy eyes
0: <laughs> so puffy eyes there's two things and so salt intake is a big one alcohol intake you know just swelling in general when you're you're feeling puffy in general it's usually something you ate or consumed alcohol and salt are like the two big ones and so a cold compress is great for that but, you know, eliminating the source, but another one, a big one is allergies. Allergies cause extreme puffy eyes. And I I've seen some extreme cases of allergies where their eyes were just closed shut because the allergies. So cold compresses help with that, avoiding the allergy, of course. And then there's some good drops. There's a preservative free drop called alloy. That's really good for itchy eyes. And so again, going back to the gut health and everything like that, it's all tied together. And so once we get all that tied and, and put in place, your immune system actually will decrease how much it responds to allergens because it doesn't have to respond all the time when you have leaky gut and let's say you're eating gluten or wheat, wheat and gluten are getting into your bloodstream. Your immune system is attacking that it's making your immune system hyperactive, and then it's going to be hyperactive against everything. So if you have allergies like Texas right now, we're experiencing cedar fever, cedar fever is where all the cedar trees make big old yellow snowballs and they just poof them everywhere. You literally, your car is covered. Everything's covered. And some people have really severe allergies to that. You can't avoid that. But if you follow the steps to decrease the inflammation in your body, decrease that that immune system, you're not going to have as severe of an allergy reaction to it than somebody that doesn't take care of themselves.
1: Right. It's kind of like a bucket, right? You are exposed to all these allergens and then when you're eating these allergy type foods that you're sensitive to. You don't necessarily have what we call an IgE reaction. Maybe you do, but more sensitive to that's causing a spin-up. It's like you overflow that bucket with yep. the external stressors. And it's just, if you can just calm the inflammation down inside, you can deal with those external stressors a little bit better. Better, right? I, I
0: use a, a cup of tea analogy, but yes, I like the bucket too.
1: Same idea. Bucket feels bigger.
0: feels like you can get away with more. I think I, think I use the cup of tea for, for dry eyes because you're constantly filling this cup of tea with inflammatory factors and eventually it's just going to spill over and cause you dry. Now we need to decrease the amount of inflammatory factors to decrease your dry eye.
1: So most debated factor, you know, um, That you know, talking, you know, gluten and dairy that comes up a lot. But one of the other ones um, is alcohol. So, um, you've talked a lot about gluten and um, wheat based products, which you know, a lot of alcohol can cross react with, especially liquor, beer, etc. So, I'm curious what your take is on alcohol, gut health, and eye health.
0: Well, I am a, I love beer and that's like oh, my cool. biggest You're a beer. <laughs> I love, it. I love beer. And we have a lot of great microbreweries here in Austin and it's very hard for me to go without that. So like when I do go drink beer, that's the only wheat or gluten I will drink. And I will only drink like two a day uh, on a weekend day. And I actually have a gluten um, supplement that helps me digest it. And so that helps me break it down more. And it actually works really well because my reactivity to alcohol and gluten is brain fog, really bad brain fog and depression and anxiety the next day. And when I take that supplement, it actually takes that away. So that tells me right there that gluten causes all those problems in me. So if I eat gluten, I'm going to have brain fog, little anxiety the next day. And then it's just weird how, how like correlated it is. And it's not weird because it's science, but um, alcohol is something you still have to be careful of. And it's, you know, I I have a Garmin watch and the Garmin watch pretty much monitors your HRV, which is your heart rate variance, your heart rate, how well you sleep, how well you do everything. And so it's really fun to see what effect everything has on your body. And alcohol, it destroys everything. It really does. Like two beers, for example, will completely ruin my sleep. And every night I get up to, this has a body, body battery on it, where it tells you where your body battery is. So zero to 100 scale. And so every morning when I wake up, it's usually hundred. And every time I drink, it only gets up to usually 70 to 80. And that tells me how poor of sleep you get when alcohol is involved. So going back to sleep, alcohol affects your sleep. Alcohol affects your gut. Alcohol affects essentially every single part of this whole cascade that we're talking about in the opposite way that you want it to. And I hear some of your viewers saying, well, I just drink red wine and it's good for you because you have resveratrol in it and no. You have to drink like a case of red wine a day to get enough. Just go take the supplement if you really want the benefits of it. Now, if you're using that as justification to drink red wine, go for it. But just try to limit it. Try to limit it to, you know, I, I try to limit mine to Saturdays and sometimes Fridays. And occasionally if my three-year-old drives me crazy, I have a drink on Sunday. But I usually try to limit it just to Friday and Saturday or just try to limit it to Saturday only. And, it's, and I go through times where I just don't drink at all. And I'll not drink for six months and I feel great, but then social pressures, you know, get back to you. So alcohol is just another one of those inflammatory factors that just starts to build up on all these things. So if you're drinking every day, you need to stop that and try to limit it to just like once a week.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I agree. I... I tell a story um, about the time that I pretty much quit drinking. I had a glass and a half of wine at dinner with a friend, and I routinely check my blood sugar um, just to see where it is. And so the next morning, I remember checking my blood sugar, and I run at about 85, 85, 86, somewhere in there. And the next morning I woke up and I was like a grand, like 198 or something terrifying after 12 hours of not having it and not having anything inflammatory at dinner. And I was like, that's it. That is, I'm done. (laughs) Not doing that to my body. And we know that blood sugar definitely affects eye health.
0: (laughs) We we do have to balance it with sanity too. So like if we like to drink because of the social aspect of it, there's also a component to that that decreases your stress that helps with that too. So, you know, I used to really struggle with that. I used to struggle with like, I don't like to drink because it's affecting my thyroid and it's affecting my gut health. Right. And I used to be very guilty with that. And then finally, my functional medicine doctor was just like, just relax. You're right. causing more stress on yourself, which is causing more inflammation. And if you just relaxed and had the beer, have the beer, take the gluten or the gluten supplement and go on your way.
1: <laughs> yeah, there it's like, okay, is and definitely, I do that and I, I,
0: it's
1: definitely a balance. There's definitely a balance with diet. I personally don't need it. We go out and do athletic activities here, but mm-hmm. Texas, it's much more social with, with, uh, with drinking. So I, I totally get that. So anyway, is there anything that I didn't ask that you think is important to add?
0: So, here is my one rant about the eyes. And I, Let's I love this. Hear rant because, I love it. Um, you need to have your eyes checked every single year. And I'll go into this. This starts at age nine months. And I'm going to start with children and then go into adults. So, at nine months, there's a program nationwide called Infant C, Infant S E E. And you can visit them at infancy.org. It's a nationwide program that your optometrist or ophthalmologist will participate in. And you can have your child at nine months. To a year examined at no cost to you did that visit we usually like to see them at three and then see them at five and then every year after that so going back to the dental model i think it's absolutely crazy that we have to get our teeth cleaned before we go to kindergarten but we don't have to get our eyes checked the the visual part of learning everybody is more visual than anything else when it comes to learning they don't have to get that checked because Children need to be seen every year because ADHD, ADD, things like that might be, number one, a vision problem. So your glasses, they might just need glasses. Number two, it could be an eye movement problem. Our eyes have to work together. And a lot of people, I think like 30% of people have problems with their eyes working together. That can affect things like reading. It can affect, of course, your distance vision. But reading is the big one because of schoolwork and, and screens and computer. And so if you have a child and you're you're struggling with reading or they're struggling with reading, make sure they get an eye exam. It may not be ADHD. It may not be ADD. It may just be an eye movement problem. Now, What else could it be associated uh, in eyes?
1: Yeah.
0: So, With the eyes, I was going to say, also make sure you watch what they're eating because that can contribute to a lot of that too. But going back to the eye movement problems, there's the most common one is called convergence insufficiency. Convergence is just bringing our eyes together. Insufficiency just means you can't do it as well. I have it. And so what that causes symptoms wise is it causes you to skip lines while you read, fall asleep while you read, close one eye when you read. Um, So if you see your child doing any of that or reading very slowly, get them checked out by a vision therapist or a specialist, an optometrist that specializes in vision therapy. So just look up vision therapist near me. There's not a lot of them out there. So if you can't find one, just go to a normal optometrist. So, then after that, when we hit adulthood, you need to go every year, even if you have perfect vision, because we're not just checking you for glasses. We're checking you for diabetes, high blood pressure, anything wrong with your brain. We can see live blood vessels and we can see part of your brain when we look into the back of your eye. And so, what that can tell us is it can, if your, your blood vessels are leaking, that can tell us diabetes or high blood pressure. So, we can refer you out for that. If your nerve, the part of the brain looks swollen, we can we know there's something going on in the brain. So my last year practicing in 2018, I diagnosed or I sent out to get testing done four different people for brain tumors and they all four had it. And it's all because of something I found on an eye exam and they were just in for their routine checkup, no vision problems, no nothing. And we found something similar that looked like a brain tumor, sent them out for an MRI and they found it. They found them all early enough that they did not, it didn't, it wasn't malignant, and it hadn't spread, or sorry, it hadn't spread yet. And so they could remove it without any problems. I've also diagnosed HIV on patients not diagnosed, but found things on in the back of the eye that were, they looked like it could possibly be HIV, sent them out for blood, and sure enough, they're HIV positive. And so these are all from an eye test. So make sure you go every single year. So that is my rant on making sure you go see your optometrist or ophthalmologist every single year. HIV. And <laughs> I about had no that
1: one, idea. The rest of it, yes, but HIV? Wow.
0: The funny <laughs> not the funny thing is the, the odd thing about HIV is I only practiced for eight years and nobody sees HIV ever. And I saw two patients with it. And it was just very odd. And my uncle is also an optometrist. He always joked that everything odd that comes in, in in optometry in your chair that you read about in textbooks always came to me. I saw everything in practice in my eight years. And now that I do mission trips, we see everything out there, like anything imaginable you can see in mission trips.
1: Awesome. And where can people find you if they wanna get in touch with you?
0: Yeah, so um, on Facebook, we have a, a community called the Dry Eye Syndrome Support Community or we're there just to support people with dry eye. So just search dry eye on Facebook, and it's pretty easy to join that. And that's where we're most active. Um, our website is sun.com We actually, were a sunglass company when we first started, hence the name I Love the Sun. And that's like the, the eyeball, not the letter I. And then um, I talked about, a little bit about our spray, our spray for eyelid hygiene that everybody should be on. Um, we give you, you your first month free. You just have to pay shipping at freehydrate.com.
1: Awesome. The links will be below. Um, Thank you so much for being here today. Really appreciate you being on the podcast. Super interesting. I, you know, it, we are just one unit and it all links back to each other and we have to take care of all of it. So I think really driving that point home today was just super duper helpful. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe, say hello and comment below. We want to hear what you want to hear more of. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for listening to the Gut Health Reset Podcast. Please make sure you subscribe, leave a rating and a review so more people can hear about the podcast. And hey, take a screenshot of this episode and tag Dr. Anne-Marie on Instagram or Facebook at Dr. Anne-Marie Barter. And for more resources, just visit DrAnneMarieBarter.com.